0: And good evening. This is the Tech Travel Geeks podcast for the week of September 3rd, 2018. I'm Chief Mobile Opinionist, Mateo. And this evening, it's just myself and our Chief Aperture Officer, Lukash. Good evening, Lukash.
1: Hey, Mateo. How's it going? How are you feeling today? <laughs>
0: um, I have quite a cold at the moment, as well as a bit of a sore back, so yeah. I'll be uh, relatively quiet and on mute whilst I splutter and cough, and we'll let you talk about what you've been up to this weekend, both Sounds in good. terms of travel and geeky stuff you've been up to. Yeah. So that's it. As I mentioned, I'm, I've got a bit of a cold feeling, very sorry for myself. I'm... Thinking this is verging on the dreaded man flu, but we'll find out at some point during the week.
1: But you've got the cats to take care of you, so exactly.
0: So I get purred better by by Val and Rodney, and yeah. today is also Rod my Rodney anniversary, as in it's the anniversary of when we went to pick up Rodney, and he is the subject of many of my pictures on Instagram. So I might have noticed. Yeah, <laughs> happy Rodney anniversary. <laughs> happy anniversary. So Lukash. Um, This week in Travel Disruption, last (laughs) time we talked, you were on your way back from Stirling and got stuck somewhere. It was messy. (laughs) Or was it the time before? Yes, it was the time before. Yeah. Uh, What happened this weekend?
1: Uh, So this time um, I I was uh, in Belfast for the Power of Video conference, which was a fantastic event. I'll talk about it in a moment. And um, yeah, I had issues getting to the airport because the bus driver, uh, when asked, "Are you going to the international airport?" said yes, but he meant the Dublin international rather than Belfast international. So I ended up going to the uh, the wrong way, and uh, because the conference overrun, and I uh, the. A friend of mine who I was talking to said it will definitely go to Belfast. So it was just going uh, slightly r- around. I believed him and I ended up uh, not making the, the plane. So I had an extra night in Belfast last night. But, you know, all's well that, that ends well. And I'm there, I'm here. So, no oh, issues. Dublin, Belfast.
0: Those Irish cities, they're all the same to us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just your boarding pass might not be accepted in another airport.
1: Yeah, possibly. but I got, I got to fly a uh, flight-by-flight, so that was quite quite good because they have the smaller uh, four, 4 rows uh, planes, and I quite enjoyed those. So it was oh. a nice experience.
0: The turboprop planes, while they may look less advanced than jets planes, are much more reliable. Mm-hmm. and much easier to handle in UK weather uh, that's yeah. one of the reasons they're very popular with regional regional transportation here things such as the the dash eight and so forth they're, they're very popular and i really quite enjoy those mm-hmm. the the ones they fly from edinburgh to london city are a great little turboprops props
1: mm-hmm. yeah so other than that the event was fantastic. Um, so I'll briefly talk about who who was there. Uh, I'm not sure how how much our uh, audience is into the video part of the uh, YouTube, but um, there were a few big names in in the YouTube um, uh, community. So the biggest one was Peter McKinnon, like at least according to me, and he was the headliner. Peter McKinnon, who is a Canadian YouTuber. He was so full of energy. He was just jumping around the stage, literally at points jumping. So inspirational, so pumped. Um, He's a fantastic YouTuber. If anyone in our audience wants to see some amazing uh, either tutorials or vlog type videos, definitely highly recommended. There was Soral Amor who is an Instagram slash YouTuber. Um, she's famous for her selfies, like our friend Laura, who we had recently on a podcast. Uh, she also won the best job in the world. When there was a competition, she was the winner of uh, to travel the, ro- the world for three months and film videos, etc. So she was great. We had uh, What's Inside, uh, father and son. Uh, they were sitting in, uh, in front of me. Uh, during part of the event, so I chatted with them about Teslas because they own a Tesla, uh, so that was fun. Uh, we had Dan Mays, who is the filmmaker, director, and the uh, editor of Casey Neistat, who is one of the most famous YouTubers. And we had a few others, and one of my favorites, Cody Warner, who is a vlogger, daily vlogger, very full of energy super inspirational uh and who said there is no such thing as a small creator you are you are a creator because creating is such a big thing you cannot be a small creator you can be a small channel but you cannot be a small creator i I
0: hear there is also this this small channel big creator lucas liga there
1: (laughs) well i didn't speak um this time maybe next year who knows uh, but uh, yeah it was it was a great event. Um, uh, I really really enjoyed it and I'm definitely coming back uh, next next year um, so yeah that was that was great fun. So
0: you, you've mentioned who was there what was the subject of the talks? what were the talks that were being given at the event? give us some context.
1: Yeah power of video is mostly about video f- filming filmography. Uh, so, about what, what you can do with video, um, how to get um, get bigger, mostly about YouTube and Instagram. Those are the two main platforms. Someone mentioned Vimeo uh, very briefly. Um, that, that was only once, but mostly it was about YouTube and um, how you can improve, uh, how you can get inspired, how you can get... Um, it was highlighted how difficult of a job it is to do videos and i know that firsthand. uh, creating those complex uh, reviews that we make with matteo it takes so much time it's uh writing the script it's um preparing the shots it's uh filming the shots going on location uh, it's editing it's finding music it's uh you know editing it together it takes so much effort and usually people don't know uh it, it, it might seem it's it's a quick job to do a 5 minute or 10 minute review well it takes so much time so yeah it was mostly inspirational um especially the especially creator day that before that there was uh, there were master classes and uh industry day so i i didn't uh, get to see those but those sure. are more tutorials so essentially,
0: you went to more of a product day, uh, but mm-hmm. there were more, say, ops and how-to days before and after that.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. But still, there, I, I learned quite a bit, and it was fun. Um, sorry, yeah, that that was uh, good. A great so
0: this event. was uh, yesterday. That was Saturday. You're at the event That's for great. the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and probably. then you ended up missing your bus through the airport or getting the wrong bus, yeah. and ended up spending an extra night in Belfast.
1: Yeah, yeah. Did you it's go to awesome. the pub and have a cider? Uh, not this time, but I, I uh, having told the story to the hotel, they were nice enough to upgrade my room and give me free breakfast. Uh, so because of the, um, you know, the, the bus driver who, was, who wasn't was great. So props to Marriott uh, in, in this case.
0: <laughs> that's good, that's good. Um, great. So you you had a good experience. You flew Flybe, mm-hmm. and that's great. So last week we didn't have a podcast because we were both otherwise engaged. Uh, I, in particular, was in Italy for my sister's wedding. Uh, I obviously flew Air France KLM, actually KLM Air France KLM on the way out, Air France on the way back,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: had a great time as usual. Excellent mm-hmm. service from from the airline and the in cabin crew. And yeah, so we've had a bit of travel in the middle, and we're both planning some travel for the future. Yeah. Now, you're leaving next Sunday to go to China. So tell That's us a bit cool. more about that, Lukash.
1: Yeah, so um, n- uh, from next Sunday, as you're saying, I'm traveling to China. It's uh, actually a tour. It's not something I usually do. In, in the past, uh, I always just booked all my flights myself, or made all of the arrangements, booked all the hotels, etc. cetera. Uh, this time, I'm going on a tour because China is such a different place. And uh, getting to know that place, I thought it would be better with a guide in a small group, a small-ish group of around 12 to 15 people. Uh, we'll have a guide full time and we'll have in each place, uh, we will have a different guide as well, a local gu- guide. And I will visit Beijing, Jian, which is the Terracotta Warriors. I will visit Yangshuo, which is in the Guilin area, which is the rural beautiful center- scenery. And I will visit Shanghai. Um, and after those four places, the tour ends, but I'll still visit Hong Kong on my own, uh, so for just for two nights to see the slightly different different side, and um, so yeah, that's that's the plan. That sounds great,
0: and um, I will be leaving the following Wednesday. That's Wednesday the nineteenth uh, to go to the US. So I'm flying to the west coast of the US and going on on a slightly. Slightly long road trip from San Francisco up to the Oregon border along the coast, mm-hmm. planning to have one evening per brewery with my <laughs> better half Candice, so
1: it's going to be fun. Lovely. So we're likely to miss out on on the podcast during that time, but you might be a guest on one.
0: Yes. So whilst I'm in the US, uh, I'm currently our plan is to for me to be a guest on All About Android on Twit TV. So if you really, really miss my voice, there's an extra chance to catch up with it, Uh, as well as Florence Ion, Ron Richards, Jason Howell, and Victor. So you can keep up to date with all about Android, where I will be uh, probably taking the Xiaomi A2 Android One device, which we recently unboxed here on our YouTube channel, and the A2 Lite, which is another Android One device, which we also unboxed on Tech Travel Geeks on YouTube. So, yeah. if you want to see those videos and other ones we've done, you can easily subscribe. That button down there will allow you to subscribe.
1: <laughs> so, the A2 Lite you just unboxed uh, the last few days and it was just released yet, uh, this morning. So, how's the initial experience for you?
0: Yes. So, I unboxed the device a few days ago. I've been using it as one of my main devices and i'm really enjoying it um there was a lot of hate thrown at the device at the during the announcement because it uses a slightly older chipset it doesn't have a lot of the modern conveniences of smartphones such as it doesn't have nfc it uses micro usb uh, to charge and i'm not too bothered by that the device has a great battery life arguably much better than the a2 mm. main device uh, I haven't, in day to day use, I haven't noticed any slowdowns, both playing games, listening to music. The A2 Lite, in my view, is a much better value for money device than the A2, but that's just my opinion. We'll need to finish our full review of both devices on Tech Travel Geeks. And if you subscribe to this channel, you will most likely see a notification pop up telling you that we have released the video. So keep an eye out, subscribe to Tech Travel Geeks on YouTube. And as well as that, uh, you'll also be able to follow this podcast, which, as we said, we may miss another week in a couple of weeks' time, but next week we already have a great guest lined up. We'll announce more during the week on Twitter. Uh, Hopefully we'll be able to do that episodes uh, before we both leave so that we're both on. Excellent. So, uh, Lukash, we've both got travel planned. I have good news. A while back, I was searching for my camera, one of my cameras. Now, I hadn't been using a proper camera for a while. Uh, I had been mostly using phones because they are good enough nowadays. And when I did want to film some video or take some better pictures, I was looking for this device, my Panasonic Lumix TZ40. And I thought I had lost it through an airport or somewhere. It turns out I hadn't. It was here all along, sitting in the drawer with some old phones. Shocking. So I have charged it, and will be using that on my travels, as well as my Panasonic GX80, which is a mirrorless device with a micro four-thirds lens system. I'm Mm -hmm. loving it at the moment. I'm really impressed by some of the pictures I took at my sister's wedding last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, in low light with a, a, a decent lens on it. What cameras are you taking on your trip to China?
1: Uh, so I'm taking a bigger one. Uh, I'm also using the Micro Four Thirds uh, system, but it's the slightly bigger GH5. This is the Panasonic's, one of the best cameras that they do. Uh, there's also G9, which is more photography focused. This is the video focused, so it, it's one of the, uh, the best out there and I, I love it. I use it all the time to film all of our videos, uh, all of the, uh, the re- review videos and, um, yeah, it's a fantastic camera
0: and I'm also yeah. taking the drone,
1: hopefully the, the Mavic air, uh, which is, uh, which is again, fantastic device so the only thing in china is that you have to register the drone uh, when you enter the country so uh, i will need to speak to our guide probably get a phone with and get them, get them to translate the bits of the of the web page which which will say the which you know device number etc it is once i do this i should be able to to fly the drone in some of the places unfortunately not not in central Beijing or not at the Great Wall, which is which is a bit of a bummer, but definitely in the rural areas. Uh, I cannot wait.
0: That's great. So th- those uh, redundant backups of all the data, location data and some snapshots of images, won't take as long to back up because you'll be in DJI's home country.
1: <laughs> Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they are a Chinese company and um, they're killing it. Uh, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that.
0: Very uh, good. So you're taking the Panasonic GH5 and your drone, uh, and you'll obviously be taking your your uh, Samsung Galaxy S nine plus. Yeah. So that's that's good news. We look forward to lots of your content on the instagram both on your personal account lukas liga and on the tech travel geeks instagram account you can follow both of those yeah on instagram and not only that um, so you're taking the s9 plus mm-hmm. we have had some news during the week about about an imminent announcement of uh, another product now we haven't been told explicitly what it is, but it's a pretty safe guess that it's the Huawei Mate 20. Mm-hmm. The highlight of the invitation that we have received is uh, one which highlights AI or artificial intelligence, which is something that Samsung, sorry, that's Huawei have been doing uh, for the last generation of their smartphones. Since the Huawei or high-silicon Kirin 970 chipset they've been boasting about their ai capabilities and the fact that their chipsets have a dedicated npu or neural networking processor Mm -hmm.
1: how have you been finding those are they helpful
0: so i've been finding it very helpful i've been using it first on an honor view 10 uh, which i was using at the end at the very beginning of this year and more recently on the Huawei P20 Pro, which I'm still using on a daily basis, and Mm -hmm. also on the Honor 10 uh, device. And despite different optical setups, different camera setups, the software seems to be very consistent in recognizing scenes and automatically setting settings. Also, the the thing that I think that is a great combination of hardware and software is that handheld night mode, four-second exposures, Mm with very, very little movement. Even if my hands are shaking, they take great low-light pictures without having to carry a tripod around. So I think this is a great move that happened in the last generation of smartphones in terms of technology, which enables power saving and other funky stuff in the phone functions. But for photography, as well as for power saving, this artificial intelligence or better software is really impressive Mm -hmm. so I'm really looking forward to whatever is announced on the 16th of October uh, which is going to be most likely the Huawei mate 20 and to see what the Kirin 980 chipset can do this is a massively improved chipset compared to the Kirin 970 in the sense that they've moved down a scale in nanometer in the production process, which means each transistor on the chipset has moved down to the 7 nanometer scale, which will offer power savings, but also much faster. They they can fit more transistors on a chip, therefore it will be faster. That's excellent. That's good news. And Tech Travel Geeks have been invited to this event. I've just booked my flights to London and Hotel, so we will be there on the 16th of October. Keep an eye out on... This channel, we will hopefully have some hands-on time with whatever device is launched, mm-hmm. and also keep an eye on our Instagram and Twitter feeds where we will hopefully have some live coverage of the event. I'm mm-hmm. hoping to also see a panda mode for the, <laughs> for the Mate and the P20 Pro, because that was the highlight of the Honor 10 launch. Yeah. And my cat Rodney keeps on tricking uh, the Honor 10 into believing he's a panda. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so uh, Samsung have also started using AI in their latest phone, the Note Nine, which I actually had the pleasure of holding, holding for uh, for a few minutes uh, yesterday because one of my friends uh, had one. So it seems to they seem to be using, trying to use at least the similar technology. Uh, um, it's a bit unfortunate that the S nine plus and the S nine aren't getting those those features, I, I'm not sure if they have a special uh, chipset which which is not available in the S9s, or is it just that they didn't want to uh, upsell those?
0: So this is where I think uh, Samsung have hit a bit of a technical barrier. Um, having the S9 and S9 Plus running on two different chips for two different regions, so they have the Qualcomm chipset devices for the US market, and the Samsung Exynos chipsets for the European and Asian markets, um, they can't be as consistent in spreading or moving the software onto both chipset platforms in an efficient and consistent manner. So that may be a problem for Samsung in that the hardware of the Snapdragon 845 can quite easily offer these extra AI features and it can process the information in a much more immediate and efficient manner, whereas they may have an issue with the Exynos chipset doing the same and mm. implementing it consistently. So Samsung may struggle to get those softer features onto the S9 and S9 Plus, despite them being virtually the same hardware. So we'll we'll need to wait and see, but I wouldn't hold your breath with your S9, S9 Plus. This may just be your excuse to upgrade to a Note 9 <laughs> or maybe even better to what whatever Huawei are announcing on the sixteenth of October.
1: Oh, hmm? that, that sounds interesting, yeah?
0: Proper AI with a with a dedicated NPU on the chipset. <laughs> you too so, can trick your camera into believing your cat's a panda.
1: I don't have a cat. My only pet is this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What's he called? Or she? Oh, that's a good question. I it doesn't have a name. Okay. It's a bit unfortunate. <laughs>
0: We'll just call it the TTG Teddy Bear. Yeah. Okay then. So um, we've mentioned October. uh, That's when we're doing uh, the Huawei event. We may even do some live video from uh, the the launch. Mm -hmm. We'll keep an eye on the Tech Travel Geeks YouTube channel for that. Mm -hmm. And moving on, in November, I myself will be going to China. Rather than an organized tour, I'm doing everything myself with Candice, obviously. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be mostly relying on Google Translate and VPN service.
1: Yeah, yes, definitely. It's something I will need as well, probably. Uh, definitely for, for VPN because of uh, the restrictions in China. So it's it might be something that we, we will uh, look into uh, writing up about and making a video maybe in the future. Yeah, to
0: to give our listeners in the podcast and viewers on YouTube a bit of context, uh, China, if you didn't know it, has a very cordoned off or ring-fenced internet uh, in the country, which means that very few of the most commonly used internet services in the rest of the world are available in China. And vice versa, a lot of Chinese services aren't always available outside of China which means that to access services like Google Translate, any Google service, any uh, Facebook service, including WhatsApp and Instagram, you need to have a VPN. Uh, a VPN is a virtual private network, which means that you're commute, connecting to a server outside of China with an encrypted tunnel, which allows you to pass your data through that. and to access those services. So for example, if you need to use Google Translate, you'll need to have a VPN service uh, to be able to do the online translation, which is usually faster and more reliable, whereas the offline uh, service still works. So VPNs, there's lots of different companies providing VPN service. Uh, It's usually a monthly fee or free ad supported VPN service. You can also set up your own one. Um, I'm actually thinking of doing a tutorial on how to set up mm-hmm. your own private VPN service with a Raspberry Pi in your own home. Sounds so good. you set up your own little Raspberry Pi in your own VPN, and you connect to the actual home to connect to the internet, which is quite a fun little project.
1: Yeah, I have two or three of those sitting in my in my cupboard, so that might be a good idea. It Sounds good. To, to so you it.
0: could waken up early one morning before work and set up your own little VPN server on a Raspberry Pi.
1: Sounds good. Or are you more likely to do it in the evening? I'm more of a night, night guy, <laughs> as you know. So, yeah, don't expect me to do something in the morning. Good. <laughs> What's the, the time difference with China? Um, Same as Singapore, so it's how much? Six, six hours? No. I don't remember let me ask okay google what's the time
0: difference with china china is 7 hours ahead of so okay. so it's 7 hours ahead according to my google home thank you yeah. our, our friend google and apologies to any listeners or watchers who have had their google home device triggered by that <laughs> sentence i will <laughs> definitely edit that out in the audio <laughs>
1: Sounds good, so yeah, uh, seven, seven hours difference. And who are you flying with? Uh, it's a combination of airlines, but I will be flying KLM and Air France, or one of those definitely, and um, uh, Air China and a few others. And I'm taking a train as well, a night train, uh, domestically. Um, so yeah, quite, quite it will be interesting to fly a few new airlines I've not flown with,
0: yes, and also whichever Chinese uh, rail company you'll be using will put Scott rail to, to shame <laughs>
1: yes most likely yes Definitely.
0: okay then Um. so we mentioned cameras and that you're taking your your micro four-thirds Panasonic gh5 out in the last couple of weeks there's been a lot of news about new cameras that have been announced what can you tell us Lukash
1: yeah, um, this is actually one of my my um, big interests. So uh, I've been following that a lot recently. So there have been uh, full frame uh, cameras uh, announced in the last few weeks. So full frame, uh, for our uh, listeners and viewers, um, is the equivalent of the normal thirty five millimeter film. So it's the and it's the default crop sensor so it's uh, the lens and uh, what you see on the screen and it's uh, basically the equivalent of, of what the eye sees uh, the the field of view etc so full frame is the most um uh, most popular most desired i would say sensor size it means that it, it can gather more light it can gather it has better um dynamic range so it uh, recognizes bright and dark areas and uh, leaves the details in it uh and you can st- see more detail in the shadows and in highlights and um yeah it's it's usually better with focusing and and low light especially so uh and up until now uh, both nikon or nikon and canon uh, have only had um uh, didn't, didn't do mirrorless, uh, full frame cameras. Those have always also on, only been, um, done by Sony, which have the a seven lines and the a nine. Um, so a seven III was released, uh, February, March this year. A seven R three was October, November last year. Um, so Sony has always been ahead of the, uh, of the curve and, uh, leaders in the market and those cameras are, are really great. But Nikon have announced the Z6 and Z7, or Z6 and Z7 um, uh, recently, which are a 24 megapixel and 45 megapixel cameras, uh, $2,000 and three uh, and three point four thousand dollars respectively. The Z7 is the higher end. Um, and it's been getting some uh, good feedback with the exception of the fact that it only has one uh, card slot. So if you're a professional photographer and you're taking wedding photos and uh, the SD card dies, well, if you, you cannot reshoot a, a wedding, unfortunately. So professionals have been complaining about this and Canon have also released an EOS R, which actually was, Uh, Canon was one of the sponsors of the Power of Video and they had it on display, but I actually unfortunately didn't get to see it because they only had it for a few hours. And it wasn't announced uh, just a few days ago. Uh, It's a 50 megapixel camera, uh, mirrorless with image stabilization and a flippy screen, which is the feature that I've missed in all the other cameras. So it can go out and around so you can do selfies, you can record yourself. Uh, none of the Sonys uh, or the Nikons have have this feature. So Canon uh, scores uh, some points, but it, it will be an expensive one. I don't have the price on uh, just now, but it will be quite expensive. Uh, there was also a Fuji uh, X-T3 announced literally two or three days ago which is also a full frame mirrorless camera for $1,500, 26 megapixels. And it's best feature is, uh, video quality. So it does 4k video in 60 frames per second, which is the best feature of the GH5 that I have. So you can do slow motion video, uh, in 4k. So you, you get the best quality, uh, the, the, the Nikons don't, don't do that. They only do 30 frames, the same of Canon. Um, So Fuji has, has quite good, good features there. It's missing the stabilization though. So each, each of those cameras has something missing and either it's missing stabilization or it's missing the flippy screen or it's missing the slow motion. Um, So I'm still waiting for something new. And the new thing that's rumored is the new Panasonic camera. So Panasonic is rumored, they haven't announced it yet, but there's some quite credible uh, whispers about it that they will also be doing a full-frame camera, which would be a huge thing, whether it's GH5 or a new line of cameras. um, If they did full-frame 4K 60 with image stabilization, uh, in a smaller body so the full frame cameras usually because they have bigger frame a bigger sensor they usually are bigger um if it's uh this this camera might be might be my next next camera so yeah there's a lot of exciting exciting equipment coming up in the camera world and we'll see what comes up
0: Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, I'll carry on using my five-year-old Panasonic Lumix TZ40. But more importantly, for the 4K stuff, I'll be using my Panasonic GX80, which for my needs is more than enough. And it has the advantage it uses the Micro Four Thirds lens system, Mm -hmm. which is is common with Olympus. And there's plenty of third-party lenses which are compatible with it as well. I'm currently loving playing around with uh, an Olympus fisheye lens, tiny lens, (laughs) um, which is more of a lens cover or a sensor cover for when you put your your camera in your bag. Um, It's great fun to to play around with.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting point because, like, each each of the Canon and Nikon both will have to have brand new lenses. And Nikon haven't released a new lens system in like 40 years. So it's huge. Uh, The question is, will they be, uh, they will be compatible with a a lens adapter. So for people who.
0: But we might use, lose some functionality such as in in lens image stabilization and
1: features like that. That's correct. So yeah, there's a lot of exciting stuff because the cameras in phones have been getting so good that the, the camera, um, the professional and uh, semi-professional cameras have been having issues, you know, uh, being uh, beneficial to users. You have your phone on, your, on you all the time. And if you want to take this big guy, it's, it's a lot of effort and it's a lot of, um, uh, it adds a lot of weight to your, yeah. to your system. You, You
0: need to make a very conscious effort to take a big dedicated camera with exchangeable lenses around with you. And you need to have a reason to do it. Um, Whereas phones are getting good enough. and With, for example, my Huawei P20 Pro, it has three lenses that get used at the same time that can come up with pretty decent pictures for social media and use online. I wouldn't blow some of them up to a one size but they're good enough for for the internet now yeah. uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there's rumored leaks of a Nokia phone uh, which is due to be released in the next few months which has five lenses so it reminds me of the the razor blades wars about which one had more lenses and can give you a smoother shave <laughs> are, are smartphone cameras reaching that point let us know in the comments here on YouTube or on Tech Travel Geeks. You can engage with us
1: on at Tech Travel Geeks on Twitter as well. Yeah, it, it's go, getting a bit crazy. But there's benefits, especially of the uh, P20 Pro with those three lenses. They are doing really, really interesting things with that. So I'll be looking forward to the Mate 20 when it gets announced, if it's... We we think
0: it's 2020, we're not sure, but it's a teaser. There's an AI and it looks like a a slab of a phone. We'll find out on the 16th of October. Sounds good. We've talked about cameras. I think we've talked about what's coming in mobile. If you're interested, Lukasz did some amazing editing work on our Meizu M6S review, uh, which is now live on the Tech Travel Geeks YouTube channel. Um, it was great fun filming that, and we put some gratuitous drone footage in at the end just because we can.
1: Um,
0: and it is a very nice blue phone. It's very blue!
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was definitely fun. So, yeah, great,
0: great little device for everyday use. Um, for most people, it's more than enough, and very nice body, fingerprint scanner on the side. I'm was really the, enjoying using this device. What's the price of this one? So this one can be bought on AliExpress for around about 110 pounds at the moment. It's actually 108 pounds. You might need to wait a week or two for delivery from China. But for the money, for the money you're getting a lot of smartphone with a Samsung camera, Samsung chipsets and Mezu's own Android operating system. So it's a very enjoyable device to use, which has now, just after we finished the video review, been updated to Flyme 7, the latest version of of their Android distribution.
1: And it's the similar uh, price point as the A2 Lite, right?
0: It is, yes. Um, The difference being the A2 Lite is using a much older uh, chipset, so it's using a... Snapdragon 625, or 626, depending on which uh, which software you use to assess that. Uh, that means that it's an octa-core 14-nanometer process uh, chipset in eight cores, all the same A53 configuration. Uh, the difference being the the Xiaomi A2 Lite has a notch in the screen. It's a... Uh, it's, an, it's more than 18 to 9 aspect ratio, and it's a full high-definition plus screen, which means it's a higher-resolution screen. Also, the 4,000 hour battery is, I think, the winner feature for me, mm-hmm. especially for people who travel a lot. You don't need to top up that much, and it does also do fast charge. Yep. So I plugged it into a fast charger, and within an hour, it
1: was fully charged. That's excellent. So we talked about the low end, Um, we talked about the high end with the Samsungs and the P20s. So what's up with the mid middle range? Well,
0: Uh, one thing that's got us quite excited, which won't be available in the UK just yet, is Xiaomi, uh, the Chinese phone manufacturer, have launched their own challenger brand uh, called Pocophone and the Pocophone F1, which has many features of flagship devices such as the OnePlus 6, the Samsung S9 Plus, uh, and other devices. It's running, MUI, sorry, it's running MIUI, mm-hmm. which is Xiaomi's own Android distribution. It offers a headphone jack and a 4,000 mAh battery. That's for $300. And at some point, we expect that to arrive in the UK at around about the same price range in pounds, so around about 300 pounds. Uh, But it's too early to say there's been no official news on that. But Mm -hmm. we look forward to that arriving because that is bang mid-range, so double the price of a Xiaomi A2 Lite or a Meizu M6s. You'll be getting some flagship features, such as the high-end chipsets. You'll be getting some decent cameras, good screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, still too early to say, but on the internet, there seems to already be quite a good selection of reviews.
1: Let's highlight this again. $300, which is a third of a Samsung phone, but it has the same chipset.
0: Yes, but chipsets aren't everything. I mean, it's a good start in terms of, of features. But there's no waterproofing the camera may not be as good mm-hmm. so but it's always one of those things that think makes you think well why should i spend nine hundred dollars a thousand dollars on an s9 plus when i can get most of the same value from a 300 smartphone it's it's crazy stuff arguably you could say that for the price of one S9 Plus in its top configuration, you can buy a OnePlus 5 and a Pocopone F1. So you can have smartphone redundancy and carry two phones around. You still need to do a bit of catching up to have as many phones in your pocket as I do, but you're getting there.
1: (laughs) That's brilliant. There's one issue, one other issue I I heard about recently with uh, uh, Leo from... Uh, Lou from uh, Unbox Therapy uh, talking about it in a video yesterday about DRM. Uh, So there's an issue with Netflix and a few other services like that, which uh, will not be able to uh, encode uh, Netflix content uh, in full... Uh, in either HD or Full HD or, or 4K. So the maximum resolution will be uh, 540 uh, pixels uh, high. So uh, it will not do either HD or, or Full HD 1080p. So people have been uh, quite alarmed about this and complaining that you will not be able to to see the highest resolution of, of Netflix, which is a bit of unfortunate. No, I, I agree
0: with that at the beginning um, in the sense that if you go through the Google Play Store to get your Netflix app, that is an issue. Uh, in my experience, this is not an issue, mainly because, to give you an example, I'm using on a daily basis a Xiaomi Redmi Note 5 Pro, thanks to Paul O'Brien for, for selling me this. So this is a Xiaomi... Redmi Note 5 with a 4,000 hour battery, Snapdragon 636 chipsets, uh, an 18 to nine aspect ratio screen. And installing Netflix from the Google Play Store will not allow me to watch an episode in HD. Whereas if I go to the Xiaomi store, so the native Chinese store, The netflix app i have from there seems to allow me to watch content in hd this may be an app distribution and licensing issue Mm -hmm. as in depending on where the device is targeted for you may need to go to the relevant app store to get the appropriate uh app with the appropriate encoding in um i may be wrong on this but I am able to watch things like Star Trek Discovery in HD on my Chinese device. And this is a much lower-end device than the Pocophone. It has mm-hmm. a arguably a th- three-tier lower uh, chipset. So it's not a question of hardware. It's purely about software and how they're distributing the app for Netflix. So, obviously, in the Play Store, the Pocophone may not be recognized by Netflix as a valid device.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Therefore, the DRM will not enable them to watch it in HD. Whereas, in if you get the right app from the right app store, you will most likely have no issues. But we'll need to verify this. I, I look forward to getting my hands on a Pocophone F1.
1: That's really interesting. I I didn't think about that. So, yeah, we'll have
0: to see. Yeah, well, you and I work for a company that do apps, and there's publishing apps to app stores brings a lot of complexity to it. You need to target devices, screen resolutions. Now, this is just for releasing the app store. So you may get one brand off, and suddenly a whole section of users won't be able to use your app. Uh, the manifest file for publishing to app stores is very important mm-hmm. and something that should be looked after. There's always complaints when a new smartphone comes out, especially from China, that no one in, in Western markets has heard from heard yeah. of that particular apps just aren't available. That's because the Play Store checks the device and if that brand or particular model of device isn't in the manifest file, they, they're not allowed to publish it. And I think the same thing goes on with certain music and video apps.
1: Mm-hmm. Excellent. And uh, one brand we've not mentioned today is OnePlus. How, uh, what about them? How are they doing?
0: Well, um, there's, they're in a bit of a lull. We're expecting the OnePlus 6T to be announced soon. Mm-hmm. Um, still no news on that. There are some leaks that we're not so sure about, but we look forward to hearing about the their talk release of the OnePlus 6. So for the last few years, OnePlus have been releasing their main device in the spring or very early summer. And then a few months later, are releasing an iterated, improved version with a slightly better battery, a slightly better screen uh, that satisfies some of the market needs to keep relevant in the market. So it's starting to get close to OnePlus 6T time. Mm-hmm. we look forward
1: to seeing what happens there yeah that's quite exciting they they are the original flagship killers so yes we'll see. we'll see how they do this time so
0: for those who don't know in the smartphone market OnePlus launched in 2014 as the flagship killer offering a lot of flagship features for half the price and went on to use that as their brand name at least until the OnePlus plus three uh Arguably, Huawei with the Honor brand started doing the flag- flagship killer killer, which was their devices such as the Honor 8 Pro or the Honor View 10, which competed directly with those Huawei, with those OnePlus devices. And now, Xiaomi are getting into the game with their Poképhone, which is the flagship killer killer killer. So it's a bit of a morbid uh, circle <laughs> of marketing competition. We're not really sure we approve of this uh violent and life-ending language used. We do not. I'm sure we could use something better. Like yeah. cuddles. <laughs> teddy bears. Or teddy bears or or fluffy cats like Rodney. Yeah. But <laughs> doesn't someone call their cat the their new smartphone model Rodney? Mm -hmm. But I think that's more the cold and flu tablet speaking more than me. I think it's time to wrap this one up. What do you think, Lukash? Yeah, sounds good. Okay, then. So um, thanks for listening or watching, everyone. Uh, You can subscribe to the Tech Travel Geeks podcast on Tech Travel Geeks, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, and any other goods podcast subscription service. You can also subscribe on YouTube where you'll get our video reviews and unboxings of products as well. And you can read our ramblings and thoughts on techtravelgeeks.com. So from me, Matteo, chief mobile opinionist, good night and thanks for listening.
1: And thanks for me, Akash, uh, the chief aperture officer and will be very interested in hearing about this kind of um, of a podcast, the more techie, informational one. So let us know in the comments what you think. And um, yeah, come back uh, to, to hear the next episodes. Yes, it
0: will, we might even take it a step further and have a podcast all about analytics and drop-off rates. But <laughs> we'll have a look at it and see how this episode performs before we do that. <laughs> Thanks very much. Good night. Thank you. Bye.